he's referred to as the man in the back of the room and introduced as the voice of God. He's told U.S. presidents where to sit, given Tony and Grammy award-winning celebrities direction, and lectured scads of students. But as he likes to point out, the event entertainment expert you don't know, you don't know, Anthony Bellata. And Bellatified. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to, would you believe it, episode 26. If you're still listening, God bless you. Episode 26 of Bolotified. I'm Anthony Bolotta, and I'm here with my Bolotophile, Alex Apostolides. Hello, Alex. Hello, Anthony. How are you on this afternoon? I am doing well. It was kind of a fun weekend. I got to get out there a little bit, which is something I haven't done in a while. And I got to do some filming, which I haven't done in a while. Oh, would you film? Would you film? Would you I, film? I'm going to be in a training video. Oh, you're going to train people. Yes, a window washing company. Are you washing the windows? I am not. I am the host. I am the house that is whose windows are, or which windows are being washed, whose windows, something like that. And and uh, for whom the windows are washed? Yes, for whom the windows are washed. That's the name of your play. Yes. For whom the windows are washed, starring <laughs> Alex Posolides. So uh, do you, are you talking through how the washer should be washing? No, I. it's basically a training video for future employees. So he's explaining to me, the homeowner, how things are being done. Oh, and you are the homeowner, and are you married? If that does not come up. I, oh, well, what have you decided? I have decided, no, that this gorgeous house in La Jolla is all mine. Oh, I love it. I love yeah. it. Uh, so you're not the party-throwing type then, I guess. That's all yours. You're not, or will you? Will you throw a party at this house? God, yes. Okay, great. Am I invited? <laughs> kidding? Who are you talking to? Okay, I'll, just just you asking. Need to trim your nose hair. I'll throw a party. We okay. celebrate what we consult. Doesn't matter what it is. True, 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 true. <laughs> As a matter of fact, to that, to in that spirit, uh, the Baladas are coming to uh, San Diego. That is my mother and father and my brother, and they're coming uh, next month. Uh, as a matter of fact, a month to the day today, and so you know we're in this field of engagement, right? And I thought you know, what can I do that might just sort of pique their interest while, you know, they're waiting around the house, you know, I have to run out or, so I got from Amazon two dozen dark colored plastic Easter eggs, and I'm going to fill them with a variety of like dollar bills and tickets from, you know, uh, lottery tickets and, you know, maybe a candy and I'm just going to hide them all through the house and the backyard. And so, <laughs> now is this not perfect? Because you I know, see your mother. It's like a giant Easter lottery machine. And totally, lottery. The or the you know the yeah, uh, it's a one arm bandit, as she would say, one arm bandit machine, <laughs> slot machine. Yes, 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 yes. So um, the only thing is that um, I have to be careful and make sure they understand there's no egg in our room. (laughs) There are no eggs in our bathroom. Like, you know, you don't need to look in those drawers. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want to look there. You're not going to find anything pleasant. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, but so that's my, uh, my engagement trick for when they come out, just to spice it up a little bit and have a little fun. And, and I think it will work because anyone who knows my mother and Alex does, uh, knows that when she is anywhere, she's always got her head down. And not because she's a good girl necessarily, but because <laughs> she's looking for change on the floor. And she's become very well known for this. In fact, my mother, um, I may have mentioned a time or two to friends, you know, if I go to visit and I don't have enough cash, I'll ask my mother if I can write a check for some cash and she'll ask inevitably how much I need. And I'll say, you know, can you do 200? And she'll say, sure, I'll just take out of take it out of my fine, my found money envelope. My found money envelope, $200, where she's got, you know, copious amounts of money, because that's what she does. She's always got her head down and she's always finding money. So I thought this would be a fun way to engage them and also you know, my father needs to, you know, get up out of a chair every now and then. And I'm hoping this will, you know, I think the prizes in those eggs are going to have to be well thought out. I think they're going to have to be, you know, like maybe I'll put a, you know, a 10 in one and maybe a 20 in one, you know, and then, you know, just to keep it, you know, exciting. Are you going to have a little timer? So it's, you know, like a little alarm for your time to get up and look for the egg. No, I think I'll just have them here when they arrive. And then I will just let them know. And then as the week continues, you know, they'll just find them. Because I'll do it's gonna take you, you you think it's gonna take a week for your mother to find them. You don't think it's gonna be in the first day or two that she's gonna have it all figured I out. I don't know. We'll have to take that. I might have to hold a few back. You might have to. You know what I'm saying? Your mom, you know. your mom's like, you know. The apple doesn't have to fall far from the tree. I could stay one step ahead of the old broad if I need to. <laughs> I want video. <laughs> I, I might even put one in the, one in the car, you know, or oh. something. You know, that, I've got to be really creative. So if you think of anything, you know, you I think of, and, and then, you know, we're going to have a few people here. Uh, so uh, there might even be some eggs to be found that night. And, if anybody finds an egg that my mother hasn't found, you know, they will be held to pay. <laughs> what I might, if I, you know, if one is found, they just might have to sneak it to her here. Yes, yes, yes. Your you. choice, whatever it is, we're partners. Yeah, she'll if go it's for a that. winning lottery ticket, just give me 30%. Yeah, she's very amenable. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And she's good for it too. Yeah, she's good for it. In the spirit of engagement and having my folks here and my brother, uh, I would like to get back to the conversation of what the trends are for 2021 and even through this decade. Uh, and you know, it's funny because when in the, in the event world, uh, when we started planning events in this decade, there was already the 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 reference to the throwback of um, the the twenties and the uh, the nineteen twenties and how free willing and and uh, fun and uh, you know people were very expressive back mm -hmm. then and and women went to great 
lengths to cut their hair short and you know uh, wear shorter dresses. It was a time of independence, and so there's a seems to be a a, a growing uh, projection that the next eight years will reflect that in this decade, and that there'll be a lot of growth and expansion, and people will be feeling really good, and uh, there'll be a lot of uh, money spent on on brands and you know it'll just be a fabulous time of enjoyment after this is over which which could like very that. well happen right yeah i don't yeah. mind it i don't mind it either either um i don't mind it either either i don't mind it either either <laughs> so uh yeah so i think that's a great thing to look forward to and you know it feels like it does feel like a rebirthing if you will is due and great. You know, anybody who's suffered great pain or who has almost, you know, suffered death knows what I'm speaking of, I hope. And that is that at some point after the healing is over, you begin to experience life in a way that you've never, you never have before. It feels fresh and new and you, you come to it with a, a new perspective. And so it feels like a rebirthing. It feels like life is a fresh and new. And so that would be great, right, for us to experience and is totally would totally be due in my mind. It's a logical occurrence in my mind. So we decided, Alex and I and D'Angelo, that we would talk about engagement today. And we looked at trends for 2021 and we looked at uh, an article that was written by MCI Group, which is a global engagement and marketing company. We've worked with them in San Diego, but they have business globally everywhere. Uh, and they mentioned six trends for 2021. Uh, one of them, I think that I, I, I mean, and I'm not just bringing this up because I agree, but it's something I've been saying for many, many years. Their number one thing is audience engagement is a two way street. People no longer feel like passive listeners, but seek to be engaged and more than that, want to influence, interact, and be immersed in a brand's conversation. And that's something that we really have to take to heart in our events this year, if we haven't before. The idea of engagement and influence. Influence, that means we're not only um, asking people to join us, but we're listening. And their, um, their reflections, their ideas uh, become uh, speaking points or points on which we move, you know, that become our, our stepping off points to, to future years. They're, enga they're engaged because they're, they know they're influencing. And that's something that we don't really think about or haven't really thought about in the event world. You know, we think about engagement, right. but we have to go a step further. Uh, they're also saying that emotional analytics will trump data analytics. So this is sort of the idea that, um, you know, people buy based on, on emotional, you know, uh, thoughts, feelings, not on, you know, mindfulness, if you will, they, they, they buy based on what they want. And so uh, with that in mind, the idea for 2021 is to lead with purpose and to engage with empathy, which is an interesting way to pursue 2021 after four years of 
manicness here in the United <laughs> States. But this particularly <laughs> pertains to the generations Y and Z because they are very brand conscious and they factor the brand's position politically as well as their purpose mm -hmm. and how they uh, they show their empathy. They, they take all of that into consideration when they're building relationship with a brand. So it's very important that brands, in this case, events lead with purpose and that uh, we, we include as much as we can uh, um, heartfelt messages, things that bring and connect people, things that speak to the soul, to the heart, messages that speak to the soul and heart that connect individuals. That's what, that's what we need to do is to. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, it is beautiful. We, we basically want to build bridges back to community and, and I, that's the way that I, I perceive it. And that's the way I define it. And I think it, it is beautiful, right? And I think people, we are all looking for that. And I think the message here is that what we've been struggling with individually and what some of us have been blessed enough to be able to talk about in this forum is the idea that we miss the mm -hmm. engagement. We miss going out. We miss it. We miss it. We want it so badly. Well, hey, when it comes back, let's not be capricious. Let's be mindful about the way we welcome people back to our events and do so in an empathetic way that that takes into consideration where everybody's been right because everybody's right. been somewhere different this year exactly so love that um and there's there's something else that 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 also adding to that is this whole thing that's happening in georgia now with the elections and how delta and coca-cola are you know first they came out against the law and now the far right is putting pressure on them. It'll see, it'll be very interesting to see where they land. But what is important is the fact that they're taking a stance because again, generations Y and Z are looking for, uh, for brands to take a stand in politics, in the environment. They, mm -hmm. they wanna know what they think. And when they're looking for jobs, they're gonna look for companies that align with their own thinking. So uh, it's important to keep that in mind as we move forward in events because they are our next, they're our, they're our audience in the future. And so designing events with purpose, great idea, always has been. If you don't have that element in your event, find a way to have it in your event. And, and, and I think that we can get beyond the argument that it's a private event or it's a corporate event or it's an association event. You could be anybody anywhere and you can, uh, you can benefit somebody else within the context of your event in any number of ways, small well, to large. Absolutely. And you think when, when you're having a big event, it's not just the employees that are there. It's sometimes family, it's spouses, girlfriends. So if you're engaging them with purpose and emotional intent, and you, you just now spread that even further, you spread it outside of your little bubble, your bubble's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Right. And you're creating fans. You're mm -hmm. creating people who will then go and 
talk about your business and your philosophies in very positive ways because you've touched them. In positive and as ways. a mother of a Gen Zer, I'm going to tell you it's spot on. I think it's great too. I think if we uh, if we uh, acted on our moral compass a bit more <laughs> instead of the value of the dollar. Uh, anyway, enough said there. Um, so then that there was, wait a minute, there was a couple of other things I wanted to mention about that. And um, because MCI, part of their six top, and I think we just covered three, um, they also mentioned that physical experiences would be augmented. And I think we all understand they're talking about um, augmented reality and you know how that is going to definitely become a factor in life and events, but also to the idea that we've now become trained for it, if you will, because it has been huh. for the last year or so our only option. And so we are more uh, willing participants online than we were, which is completely 100% true. I completely agree. Uh, look at look at the example of us right now, mm -hmm. right? Exactly. And our business and the many businesses that we interact with uh, and our families, right? I mean, mm -hmm. just look at the impact this has had. Uh, so I, 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 I would ask anyone to argue this. Also, it's reported that it's an interesting, this is an interesting statistic. Uh, there are 3.3 billion gamers online in the US and that's wow. a 37% increase since COVID. Wow. Yeah, that number reflects it. Um, you know, and there'll be more technologies that come online and will continue to, to uh, expand the way we think about reality. Uh, it's interesting to me. I mean, for us, I think in our generation, it will always be second best. But when we think about those who are born native to virtual reality and those who, you know, um, are perfectly fine sitting at home in front of a computer, interacting with people, there will be more and more that will be more prevalent and people born into that will have certainly, obviously, other, a better feeling about it than we do. They also talk lastly about, they say that MCI group says that 2021 is the year of the hybrid event. And while they don't really express what that will look like, because I, again, I don't think anybody really knows it. They do say it will be all about crafting an experience that caters both to people participating in person and those connecting remotely from home. Special focus will be placed on how to engage both audiences through interactive elements and how to deliver content in a way that is at the same time digestible, entertaining, and educational. And that is, in a nutshell, what the challenge is going to be, is how to align that with two audiences that will be in completely different spaces, mindsets, when you reach out to them. Um, it's possible, it just requires different timelines and a different focus and, uh, and that clients realize that if they're going virtual, there are two audiences now. Mm -hmm. And gone are the days when you could put a camera, those who even did this at the back of the room 
and broadcast the signal out uh, for those to watch virtually because all they saw was what is being uh, uh, filmed by one stationary camera and that gets very boring and tedious. It's something that we don't realize, you know, we don't realize how exciting television is and how, how much work is put into keeping our attention for 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. And so it's going to be a challenge um, when we start entertaining those audiences and um, broadcasting and uh, audiovisual and that whole experience, that TV experience isn't going anywhere. It is definitely going to be a feature of the hybrid event. The audience, that, the at-home audience will expect it, that it feels almost like a newscast, if you will. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that was what MCI said. And then uh, we looked up epicpresence.com and just quickly, they had four content trends that will shape audience engagement for brands. And this is through the next 10 years. And there are four things I found interesting that with the, um, the growth of chatbots, which are right now sort of awkward and not as nimble as they need to be. Have you spoken to chatbots? No. Have you ever had a, have you ever tried to have a conversation with a chatbot? You mean like online and it's a little chat window and you're typing mm -hmm. that? Oh, right, God, yeah. Right. yeah, 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 right. Yeah. And so how do you usually end the conversation with a chatbot? Are you usually happy? No. 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 I'm no. never happy. I never get what I need. I, I, I shouldn't say never, but the first reaction is even now when I see it, it's like, there's no point because my question is too intricate. They're not going to be able to answer it. Well, that's because um, they don't have the ability to have more nuanced contextual conversations. Um, but within the next few years, um, the technology will be there for them to be able to have these kinds of conversations and thus be more helpful and less of an irritant to people like you and I who just want to get something resolved as quickly and as easily as possible and you know, can't get past the word go. So that's going to change things. <laughs> and that changes things. And, and voice searches changes things as well, interestingly enough, because uh, when you're typing in a search, first of all, you get 10 to 20 pages right. of options, right? But when you speak in or voice activate a search, you get the top option. So uh, why is that a difference? Well, it's a difference because from a marketing or brand point of view, you want to be that top option. You don't want to be one of 10. And even right. on a Google page, well, if it's even on a Google page, um, and I think that's the difference because they're mobile. Most of the voice activated searches are mobile. So you're getting, if you do it in a Yelp or in a Maps, you, you will get the top option. Or, or Siri will say, I found this. Is this what you're looking for? As opposed to Google bringing up 20 pages of possible options. So that refines it, right? And makes it more necessary to be clear in your messaging. And, and that's tough. Um, and also, when you're speaking a text search, when you're asking for one, 
What do you what do you think? Is it as is it as articulate as a written search? No. <laughs> no. In fact, some of the things that come up, you want to clear your browser history because it becomes very embarrassing. That right. is not what I said. Right, right. But also people have a when they're speaking. Uh, they'll throw in so many words that they just don't need to get to the point, right? So uh, the the search engines have to be able to uh, filter all of that out, right? Uh, and so that's going to be a challenge because we do we are not articulate, and so you want to be as a brand, you want to be very very clear and concise about messaging. Uh, immersive experience has become more mainstream, duh. I mean, I think that's where we are right now. Uh, and I, it's not going anywhere. It's going to be very interesting to see in our lifetime, what can be done virtually. It's not a question of, will it happen? It's a question of what can you do virtually? I, you have any argument to that? I have none whatsoever. What would you like to do virtually that you can't do live? Is there one thing, like how about hmm. slap somebody in the face? <laughs> Ooh, I want to slap her. <laughs> like to throw a pie in your face, a virtual oh, pie, pie in, in your, your face. face. <laughs> that would be fun to do virtually, right? Wouldn't that be fun? But it would be more fun if really the whipped cream were truly coming out at them. Truly. Like if you threw it and they were hit. They were they were really hit, but you yeah. did it virtually, right? There they we go. That's how computers need to have that built in, a whipped cream feature. It's sort of a Amazon pie in the face yes. gift kind of thing. It just sort of has to, maybe maybe that's how, maybe it's a drone thing. Maybe once we have drones, we can create the pie in the face. Do you remember the old lamp shark from Saturday Night Live? Yes. Candygram. Candygram. It's going to be along those lines. Yes, pie I gram. love it. I love $59.99 plus pie. <laughs> that would be fun yeah now, that so I would is there anything else that you'd like to do virtually that you can't do in in real life that's a really good question and i'm trying if you to could get your hair done virtually would you no if you no. could have your eye exam virtually would you yes that and i would do if you could have a gynecological exam virtually, would you? No, I'd be afraid of that. But um, no, but you know, it, a lot of those, I think I agree with you. A lot of those things that we do because we have to, an eye exam, a dental exam. Right. You know, right. as much as I like my right. dentist, if I can do it virtually with him, it's great. Something like getting my hair done, that in itself is an experience because I'm with my friend who's my stylist and I'm having a glass of wine with her. It's I wouldn't want to lose that. But there are things that I could switch to virtually and be okay with. And you're okay with your hairstylist cutting your hair while she's having a glass she's of wine? She's not drinking the wine. I am. Okay. I'm just making she's sure because either. that sounds skitty. Oh, no. Uh, she, can, she can do whatever so she wants. So it's just about adding ease to those things that we don't really enjoy. Like yeah. anything you don't really enjoy, you would do virtually. Yeah. Or, you know, that's not necessarily what I would consider a social calling. When I get my hair right. done, it's a pampering social thing for me. Right. 
Right. You know, See, it's for me. It's I can't wait the minute my tushy's in the chair. I can't wait to get it out. Ah. Like I it's so like if D'Angelo will ask if, you know, we need a pedicure and a manicure, I, I will seriously have to like think to myself, OK, that's an hour sitting in that chair. Let me think. Can I keep myself busy? Can I like it's for some reason it's just sitting there like that's you're so locked in. That's the only time I give my pers myself permission to just sit and enjoy something without feeling like, wait, what needs to be cleaned? What what work needs to be done? Right, right. Um, Your I'm, eye isn't wandering yeah. to the to the dots to the to the messes. I got to be there, and I'm not going to be on my phone because that's rude to the people performing this lovely service. So I that's, engage with them. That's true. That is true. Um, the last thing that epicpresence.com said about uh, for trends till 2030, the last one is live videos continue to grow in popularity. And that is from a obviously an entertaining, educational uh, point of view that they're speaking. Uh, people are learning through video, people are communicating messages through video. And, you know, we say it to our clients, the new cache now, it's the, it's the new coin, if you will. Um, you've got to have video messaging and you've got to, you've got to be able to state, and it's not about one video. It's not about, here's a video. Thank you. It's almost like website design was when it first came out, people thought one and done, but it's not that way. You have to have a cache of videos and, and videos are used now to storytell, right? So you're not sending long emails talking about you know somebody that needs your help or some cause you're now sending a video link and asking people to engage where the emotion so you've you you right you've basically mm -hmm. replaced that with here's the emotion we need you to feel <laughs> with let's you know and, and it's stronger and actually you get more people that way absolutely they say yeah I, you're less likely to zone out sometimes i like to read over watching a video it depends because again, when you're watching a video, sometimes I feel like I'm being held hostage. Like, could you get to the point? Could you get to the point? Could you get, you know, that's me. That's how my mind works. But, uh, you know, I've, I have realized that in my, I have realized that I'm a much less patient person than I thought I was. Is that so, because you're home more with yourself now and your thoughts? I don't, I think it's been a long time coming. I, I probably, but I realize that I just don't have the patience for what most people have the patience for, you know, to listen, to watch a video about, you know, instruction to, you know, what most people will sit through. I feel like I just, I can't. So I apologize to all of you who are listening and probably want to say well then shut up <laughs> no never no but i agree with you when i'm watching something especially if somebody's trying to perhaps sell me on an idea or a product and it's an hour long and in just a minute we're gonna and it's like as soon as i hear in just a minute we're gonna off because i know you're not getting near that point for another half hour, 45 minutes. Yes. And I'm done. And, and so then I, I understand. The string along. Mm -hmm. I hate it. I yeah. hate it. Like makes me angry. I want to throw a pie in your face. See, and I wonder how many other people feel that way. I just, 
I think there are those of us who do. And then I think there are those people who would just listen and go along and wait and wait. I and feel wait. like the person who's made that thinks I'm stupid. And I think that might be why I get angry. Like, you really think I'm dumb. <laughs> it's like when you price something at $9.99, call it $10, please. Right, right. And once you put the tax on, it's over $10 anyway. So right. what the hey? Let's get back to some interesting engagement ideas that people and institutions and uh, top engagement companies have said are happening. One of them is what ballparks are doing around the country with their engagement and their menus, their foods. That's uh, just not, you're just not getting a hot dog on a bun and a beer right. anymore. The stale popcorn. Exactly. Although I must say that I was on, oh goodness, it was the, I think it was T-Mobile Park's website. Mm -hmm. And I could find where I could find beer anywhere in the stadium on the website but I couldn't find their menus or I couldn't find what was available from a, uh, you know, a food perspective there, but I could certainly chase down beer. I love it. <laughs> that doesn't do you any good. No, me, not, not me. <laughs> me, that would be a good thing, but you not so much. It's a good thing. So, but the, the ballparks around the country are really upping their game where, when it comes to the culinary adventure people can have when they're there. And so I just thought it would be fun to point out a few of them um, and share them today because it's again, another way that, that uh, in this case, these teams uh, or these, these parks are trying to lure people back in. Uh, now, some of these are not new for 2021. They've been around for a couple of years, but they're definitely worth noting because they're interesting enough that they would, they would I think, lure even somebody like me to a ballpark. And I love watching the game, but I don't make it a, a priority in my life. If somebody invites me and I could go, I will, but it's not my thing. So if they can get me there with this food, yummy, yummy. The first one is Dodger Stadium, which is just up the street. And they have a Michelada sausage, which is a Michelada spice sausage with citrus slaw finished with tahine seasoning. Do you know what that is? It's like ground mm -hmm. chili peppers, lime and sea salt. I have and a whole bunch in my spice cabinet. Do you really? You're tahini. Oh, on fruit? Do you put it on fruit? I, I personally don't like tahini unless it's on the rim of a drink. Oh, yes. Um, but my daughter, usually cucumbers. Ah, it's yes. Because it. it's got a spicy, citrusy uh, taste. But then also chamoy nut crumble. And chamoy is uh, like a um, uh, apricots and prunes uh, that are spiced with chilies. It's pickled fruit. They're pickled and then they're spiced with chilies. I know that does not sound good to me, but apparently, yeah. but the, but the whole, uh, the Michelada spice sausage, that sounds very, very interesting. Uh, for those of you who don't know what a Michelada is, it's a, do you know what it is? I do. I've had it. Tell us what it is. It's a Mexican drink. So it's beer, lime juice, some spices, tomato juice, um, chili peppers, and it's kind of served margarita style with a salt rimmed glass. 
but it's similar to a Bloody Mary, right? Mm-hmm. And it's in its uh, ingredients and except it's a beer drink, Instead not a vodka. vodka drink, right? Which I guess is easier for it's less alcoholic, I guess I would would argue to that. I guess so. It's lighter. I I don't. I wouldn't. I haven't had one. Maybe I I'm going to say one. it's heavier because there's more. You actually the ratio of beer is right. heavier than the ratio of vodka. The hops, right? Yeah. Unless you do it with a light beer, but still. But oh, the ratio of beer. Yeah. I you're going to have more beer in that drink than you are going to have see. vodka. So that carbonated and as wonderful as beer is, it's very filling. Right. So it's right, gonna, right. I mean. Heck, you know, you put some uh, bacon and shrimp in there and you've got your meal, just like some of those Bloody Marys, you know? Except it'll give you the Lucy's. (laughs) The what? The Lucy's. (laughs) Oh, that's going into my lexicon. There we go. The Lucy's. That that works in more ways than one. (laughs) So um, Chase Field, which is in Phoenix and is the home of the Diamondbacks, has a churro dog. Now on the face of it, that does not sound interesting, but what a churro dog is, is get ready for this. A cinnamon dusted churro wrapped in a chocolate glazed long John donut topped with frozen yogurt. I would prefer ice cream, caramel and chocolate sauce. That sounds like a sugar Hi. Yeah. It's starting to hurt right here from the sweetness there. You know, when you get that little sweet mm. tang. But you also get the crunchy. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. you get the chocolate, which for me is important. <laughs> Gotta have the chocolate. I'm definitely interested in that one. Marlins Park, which is in Miami. Uh, has a a restaurant that is local to South Florida and has locations in other areas of South Florida uh, that is called Ceviche Sushi. Ceviche Sushi. And what's interesting is it marries Japanese and Peruvian cuisines. And so it's sushi rolls that include like tempura shrimp, cream cheese, avocado, eel sauce, spicy mayo, tuna, salmon, cucumber, chive, tempura flakes, like all these delicious things, right? Yum. Oh my God. And they have something really interesting there that I'd never heard of. Apparently, because it's one of the only ones in the nation, it's a Pisco bar. And Pisco is the national spirit of Peru. Huh. Pisco is a clear, high-proof spirit that's distilled from types of wine, uh, types of grapes, excuse me. Uh, and uh, they are the only Pisco bar in the nation. It sounds very interesting, right? And that's right in, yes. in Marlins Park. Sounds- I wonder if that's the Peruvian version of sake. Ah, very well could be, yes. Sounds delicious. Yes, it sounds like it might be. It's infused. They'll infuse it with herbs and fruits and spices. So it sounds like it could be really yummy. Uh, oh, and you were going to say, you said something that I can't remember now. But, um, oh, I do, I do remember. I do remember. I looked on their website and I was happy to see that the prices were what you would expect to pay for sushi anywhere. Mm-hmm. Good. So that made me feel pretty good. 
Um, and the last one that I thought was interesting is right up the street, way up the street at T-Mobile Park in Seattle, where the Mariners play. Where my daughter they, was born. Word. <laughs> not Seattle. at T-Mobile Park. She was just born in Seattle. I don't think clear, not at the baseball. Park. Oh, but the park was there though when she was born. It did. Yes, yeah. because it was built in '99, and mm-hmm. I believe that Illy's just a few years. She's 2005, and I saw a couple of games there, and it's a really nice stadium. It is a beautiful stadium, Mm -hmm. yes. Uh, And they have this beautiful, delicious thing that they they serve there. Uh, And it's through Center Plate, which is interesting, because Center Plate is an institutional uh, food provider. They're in a lot of large convention centers and stadiums around the country. And um, to be quite fair, they're known for the their ability to do large quantities Hmm. right so that's that's why that's what they're known for to be nice they're not known for variety they're not known for creativity necessarily but in this case they have partnered with um salt and straw and they are um they have brought to the stadium salt and straws creepy crawly critters which is matcha ice cream with toffee brittle mealworms now it's also dusted with um toasted chocolate covered grasshoppers now here's where i have a little problem um i i understand that um toasted grasshoppers is a delicacy in in certain uh Mm -hmm. cultures and of course we know that insects are are nutritious but in some cases, I'm seeing that these creepy crawly critters are crickets. And in some cases, they're being referred to as grasshoppers. And so I'm wondering, what are they really? Because there is a difference between crickets and grasshoppers. There are. And my daughter has eaten deep fried grass, uh, crickets before. So apparently they're very good. And apparently covered in chocolate. Well, it's like when you fry anything. Yeah. You cover it in chocolate, it's going to taste good. But you now fry I'm it with butter, it's going to taste good. Do these look like grasshoppers? Because, you know, when you do the crickets, you're looking at a cricket, which no, no. I, I can't so eat. For, for years and years, crumbled, I might be able to do it. Yeah, this is actually in the ice cream. Oh. And it's cut. they're covered in chocolate and they're in the ice cream. I might be you you, I think you would even know that you're, if nobody told you what it was, you probably yeah. wouldn't even know what it is. Plus, also, the ice cream does help to numb your taste buds. So. Well, matcha ice cream is amazing anyway. Um, is that like green tea ice cream? Yes. Oh, yeah, that, that is, is delicious. Delicious. Yeah. That's what it looks Yum. like. It looks very, very interesting. But this is, year, this is, you know, Mariner's Park used to, and maybe they still do, just serve the creepy crawlies without the ice cream. They would just, you know, it was a thing they would serve. They would fry up those critters and they would serve them. Interesting. Over 2 billion people in the world eat insects on a daily basis. Do you know when I was a kid and I was watching the Merv Griffin show and they had, I mean, we're going back a couple of years and somebody had on there worm chip cookies we're going back a while so obviously this is 70s tv ladies and gentlemen 
The Merv Griffin Show. He had a talk well, show. Well, no, it was in the 90s. I saw it, you know, in, in, in reruns, Anthony. Come on. No, I'm uh, kidding. Okay, okay, uh, okay. It was the 90s. It was the 90s. But, so, I mean, it's it's nothing new, people eating no. sex. No, 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 no. In fact, it's probably older than people eating meat, I would say. I they are a good source of protein. You know? All right, so this the next segment that we'll talk about is definitely worthy of the that's a lot of B intro that we know D'Angelo will do. That's a lot of B. Uh, and that's when we ask your audience to tell us whether you think this is brilliant or bullshlaka. And what we're about to tell you is that uh, we've learned uh, that the EDC Music Festival, which is the Electric Daisy Carnival Music Festival, uh, which is a, an annual event in various cities throughout the world, but in this case, Las Vegas, is scheduled for May 21st through the 23rd of this year at the Las Vegas Speedway. Uh, now, if you've ever seen pictures of this experience or ever been to this experience, it is incredible. It's just a, a beautiful, wonderful experience, lots of music, you're staying right there in the speedway, lots of options, food, drink, fireworks, lots of artists. Uh, and so what the promoters are saying is that this festival is going to happen in May 21st, the 23rd this year at this at the speedway. It's sold out 200,000 tickets sold out. There's a waiting list. We looked into this last week uh, because, wow, we were floored. And we, we saw that um, as of earlier that day, this was Friday, the, the Department of Business and Industry had not approved the permit for this event. And a revised plan was still being awaited uh, for this event. And so uh, apparently what's being, what's, being, and what's being marketed by the event is that, first of all, no expense will be spared. It'll be the same experience it's always been. Uh, there'll be um, staff members on site that can monitor capacity restrictions and face coverings and submit to proof of negative testing or have a vaccine card. Um, they say they'll have you know, testing on site, but, um, but that plan wasn't approved and there's been no revised plan. And oh. uh, according, to the, according to the promoters, this event is still going on. So it's interesting to me and I wonder, uh, oh, by the way, I think it's worth mentioning that there are 14 spaces within this event for 200,000 people. 14 spaces. All right. So uh, it, it seems very, it's difficult for me to imagine a venue large enough to house 200,000 people within 14 spaces and do so with the social distancing protocols that would be necessary. So I, I think we have a problem here going in, quite honestly. It just doesn't, the pieces don't fit. And if this event is 
postponed, it'll be postponed to October. And I, I'm sure that the promoter would love to get this event happening, but it just seems like there's an awful lot of uh, liability and stress and red tape to have it happen in May. So I wonder what the advantage is. I'm curious, say, you know, 14 spaces, but I'm curious as to what the acreage is. Well, it's what the is, lost. What does the space mean? It's the lost. It's the lost. It's the Las Vegas Speedway, which is so. And right. from, and and it it's contained. The concerts contained within the speedway, okay. and I would imagine that there are spaces around the speedway where they set up the campgrounds where people then stay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what they're pertaining to. Okay. I don't. I with their. I don't think they're talking about concert stages, so much as they are spaces for people to stay. I I can't imagine. I don't know what that holds, but I I can guarantee it's not two hundred thousand. D'Angelo, can you look and see what the speedway holds? I bet it's not two hundred thousand. It, it couldn't be. There's no way. And it's I normally would, bigger than that, right? Isn't the EDC, isn't it normally like 500,000? Isn't I think that's what uh, we talked about when we were talking about this. I could be wrong. I don't think so. 200,000, but still, I'm going to guess the arena holds at most 20,000. That's going to be my guess. Can I take a guess? You haven't seen it, but take a, take a guess based on... on Petco Park, which holds more. Yeah. See, I my my what's come, the number coming to my mind is more like fifty thousand. All right, let's see. Let's see what D'Angelo says. Eighty. Eighty thousand. Is it eighty thousand, D'Angelo? Eighty thousand. Okay, so Speedway, Motor Speedway holds capacity of eighty thousand people. That is a lot. All right. I, I that's stand just corrected. in the stands, right? And the, the, right. So in the grounds, which normally people wouldn't, where people wouldn't be, there will be people. Right. But also in the stands where people normally would be, they're going to have a concert rig. So some oh, of the studio, yeah. some of the seats are being displaced, right? It's true. Yep. So uh, it's interesting to see. I'm curious to know from our listeners. Is this a brilliant move or is this a, a bullshlocker move to, to move forward, to continue to market the event as, um, as happening in May and to try to buck it all and get the permits and buck the state and the city? I mean, is it worth it? That's what I'd like to know, because I think it's a little too soon, personally. It's a large number of people. Yeah. And... I'm sorry, it's a concert situation. So people are not going to be careful. Yeah. Yeah. It just, and look, I don't want to sound like an extremist, but it's worth considering the implications, I would think. Uh, The other thing that I thought would be worth mentioning is that's it. Oh, no, no, no. There was one more thing. Um, 
and this is in light of COVID, the win. Yeah. Right? The win Las Vegas. This is interesting. So they are now marketing that they're requiring their employees, their employees to either receive a COVID-19 vaccination or show they've tested negative for the virus on a regular basis. Again, this is something they're requiring their employees to do. The company announced the new policy just last Thursday saying that 60% of employees have already been vaccinated. That's great. And for employees who do not get vaccinated, they'll have to show weekly that they have a negative COVID-19 test. So again, I wonder, brilliance or <laughs> bushlaka? What do you think, Alex? Is this a brilliant move or a bushlaka move? I, well, not to get political, I do think it's kind of brilliant because there are those, and I've had conversations recently with a couple of people who are choosing not to get the vaccine. And you say, well, you've got to, you've, you know, you can't force, it's against our right, it's against our right. Okay, so here's your choice, get vaccinated or prove that you're safe to be around. I, I kind of think it's brilliant. Because this way you're you're drawing people in to your place, guests are going to feel more safe. And do you think it'll backfire on them? In what way? Because uh, employees are required to. Yes, lack of pool, lack of um, talent pool, people not wanting to comply. Although they've said 60% already have. Yeah. What if 40% don't want to comply? Is that is that going to be an issue, do you think? Well, 40% meaning they don't want to get vaccinated or they don't want to get vaccinated and they don't want to get tested. Then they don't want to get tested. They don't want to comply. What if they had 40% that said no? Would that be an issue? I, I'm thinking not, personally. I, I, I don't. Not, not now. That's a choice. It's a choice right. you have. It's, it's you know, you see a sign on a restaurant that says no shirt, no shoes. You have the choice to not go in. True. But as an employer's point of view, if you lose 40% of your working force because of a policy that you have in place, that could disrupt your, you know, mm -hmm. you, you, your operation. So, but in this case, I think it's brilliant too, because first of all, in hospitality, there's been no job market these past this past year, right? So I think it's a small concession for people to pay to get back to work. Just show us that you're vaccinated. And if for some reason you don't believe in that, then just just show yeah. us that you're negative. I don't think it'll backfire on on the wind property because so many people have been out of work that yeah. they're going to be willing to comply. That that was my point. Had it been another word, another issue, another time. People might say, no way, I'm not complying to that. I'll go work, you know, at, uh, you know, MGM or I'll go work somewhere else. I won't work there. And well, then especially if they like their job. Especially. Right? right. Especially. But that could be a barrier for some people. So, but it's not, I don't think it's going to be. And secondly, who are they protecting? They're protecting their guests. Mm -hmm. And that's the message here. We are going to be somewhere you can come that is going to be 100% safe for you to come. We're doing everything that we can right. to ensure your safety, right? We cannot 
Now, they do go short of saying, we'll make sure that all of our guests have a COVID vaccination or a test, which is obviously what would need to happen for you to be completely safe. But they're doing what they can, and they're using it as a marketing you know, they're putting it in their marketing that we're going to make sure we're a safe place to come. I think it's brilliant too. And I think that's going to be more the norm than not, because the last thing and I, I'll say it again, the last thing you want to do is give people a reason not to call you when you're in business. Mm-hmm. And this, this is not going to hurt anybody if they don't care. In other words, if, if I wasn't afraid of COVID, it wouldn't stop me from going to the win, mm-hmm. Right. But if I am concerned, I'd consider it now, right? So it's a plus, it's an advantage. So I see that as being a a trend. I see that as personally being a brilliant move and something that we're going to be seeing from many, many more brands in the next few months. Uh, And I think as travel starts to come back online, we'll see those hotels, we'll see it in in their commercials. We'll see it in their advertising. Well, you know, you already started to see it, but we'll see it even more. And I think it also shows a company. I mean, this is what goes through my brain that cares about its employees. I want to go support a company or an organization or brand that cares about its employees, right? That goes, ties back into the empathy. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Uh, It's funny because it's it's almost what, what we need here in America right now. Uh, we do need the, the generation Y and Zers to come out in full force and help us to get our moral compass back in shape because, it, yeah, yeah, it hasn't been in a long time. And to know that um, that these are going to be important to engaging them, to engaging audiences. And, you know, you might say, well, you're talking about brands, you're talking about commercials. It's a trickle down, you know, and if you're wise to the messages that you're seeing, in commercials, in television shows, in films, in music, then you're aware of what's happening to the people in your communities and you're better armed uh, to entertain them, quite frankly, and to get to the core of them with the decisions that you make. So it's not frivolity by any means. It's about keeping your eyes and ears open. Would you say anything to that, Miss Alex? I'm just going to say I I agree. I I uh I know we need a lightheartedness uh, because it's been a heavy gear. But I don't think being lighthearted goes against that grain of 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 um do, uh, of following a moral compass. I think they go hand in hand because mm-hmm. I think as soon as we start treating each other with more respect and more empathy and more love and caring about the bubble outside of ourselves, everything becomes more lighthearted, right? Yeah. Does that uh, make sense? What I, I'm not sure I'm saying eloquently well, what I'm trying to say, but. I think I, I, think I understand. Uh, you don't carry such heavy burdens with you when you are in a trusting, uh, mutually beneficial environment with someone and you're lighthearted in that you're not carrying around worry or fear or anxiety of any kind. So yeah, I, I, I think I, I get it. Um, there was a, when I was in high school and this story still exists, we should pull it up. There's a story about warm fuzzies and cold pricklies that 
my high school choir teacher, Beth Chasen, shared with us. And the idea behind the story is there was this beautiful country where people exchange these warm fuzzies on a daily basis without, without, a, without abandon. They just, they just gave them away freely. Nobody worried about not having enough. They were so abundant. Everybody had enough and they were so easily shared because of that. But this one day, this witch came into town and she substituted the warm fuzzy with a cold prickly. It looked the same and it, it kind of seemed the same, but it wasn't the same. And started these cold pricklies started to you know, uh, be circulated around and suddenly people started getting these cold pricklies, right? And now whatever warm fuzzy they had, they're holding back and they're protecting and they're keeping close to the vest because they're not going to give it away just in case they get a cold prickly instead of a warm mm -hmm. fuzzy. So it creates this environment of lack and of, of fear rather than without this threat of a cold prickly, you've got no fear. You've got full 100% love, unconditional and you're giving and accepting in return. And, and that's sort of a message on how we love. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, there's love, the love of God, which is to love without fear. And then there's fear-based love, which is to be fearful of everything and to cause havoc because of it. So we are a little off topic now. I'm sure D'Angelo is cringing right now, like the <laughs> crawlers. That, like he's just gulped down some creepy crawlers. Rude. Uh, <laughs> Followed by a, a Michel, Michelotto or whatever it was. Uh, yeah, right. He's probably drinking one now. Definitely. Uh, so that's it. That's it for today. Next week, we have Katie Pate from, uh, from Search. And she's a big mocker in our, in our uh, world. So we look forward to talking to her about all things happening in the world of special events. And that's it for now. Uh, thanks for joining us. Please do us a favor. If you're still listening, go to your iTunes right now and give us five stars. And if you're, if you're consuming us on any other, any other platform, just go tell them you love us. We need your love and, and give us your love. Send us your love. Talk to us. Let us know you're out there. Send your thoughts. Go to Bolada.com and look for the Bolada 5 tab. That's it. Go out. Make the world a beautiful place. Spread your warm fuzzies. Say goodbye, Alex. Goodbye. Cookies. I just needed one of those. I haven't done it in a while. <laughs> <laughs>